Greetings, friends, and welcome to UFO Mod Pod. I'm Jason McClellan. I'm Ryan Sprague. And I'm Marine Ellsbury. Welcome to the apocalypse. It has begun. <laughs> well, today we're going to have a roundtable discussion about two stories that have generated a lot of buzz and a lot of headlines around the world recently. First, we're going to look at a UFO video recorded in Chile by military and investigated by the country's official UFO investigation agency. Then we're going to move on and talk about some CIA files recently published by the agency that include files related to UFOs. All right, exciting stuff. Well, guys, we're going to start with this uh, UFO video um, from Chile because pretty exciting and it's not surprising, but exciting and I guess kind of surprising at the same time uh, that it generated as much buzz as it did and is still causing a lot of buzz and a lot of headlines. So let's jump into it. I'll provide a, a background here so people, if you're not familiar and haven't seen this video floating around the past week or so, um, here's what the buzz is about. So on January 5th, investigative journalist and author Leslie Kane published a story on the Huffington Post about a video recorded by a camera aboard a Chilean Navy helicopter back in November 2014. This helicopter was flying a routine daytime patrol mission along the coast, west of Chile's capital, Santiago. A Navy technician aboard the helicopter was testing out a FLIR camera, a model commonly used by the military for, quote, medium altitude, covert intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance. Now, while filming, the technician noticed an object moving over the ocean. He could see the UFO with his eyes, and he estimated it to be approximately 35 to 40 miles away. He zoomed in with the FLIR, the, the FLIR camera, to get a better look. And he described it as a, quote, white with a semi-oval shape on the horizontal axis. The captain also saw the object, and he described the object as a, quote, flat, elongated structure with two thermal spot-like discharges that did not coincide with the axle of motion. So the technician described odd occurrences in the video where, in two instances, the UFO discharged some type of gas or liquid with a high thermal track or signal. The UFO didn't appear on the helicopter's radar, so the pilot contacted two radar stations to report the UFO, but the UFO didn't appear on either of those uh, radar at either one of those radar stations. Um, so what did the pilot do then? He said, "Well, he tried to contact the UFO over the radio and on a frequency that's designated for reaching other aircraft, and he received no response." So the Navy ended up turning over the FLIR camera footage to CEFAA, that is the Chilean government's UFO investigation agency. And yes, if you didn't know, the Chilean government has an official UFO investigation agency. Well, over the course of the two following years, CEFAA held at least eight meetings with its baffled scientific committee. And Kane explains that, quote, no agreement could be reached to explain the video. Theories that were proposed were ruled out by the data. Now, officials from, uh, help me out here, Maureen, because people in the, the UFO community like to call this agency Gaipan. It's which is not correct. Well, I think it's Japan. I think right? it's Japan. Yeah, and it's it's, it's its acronym has changed over the years. It used to be G E P A N, and I think in two thousand five it became G E I P A N. But yeah, I'm I'm not. Uh, I don't speak French like Maureen does. So, but well, I'm any, not very good. Anyway, this is this is a a unit of the French Space Agency that investigates UFOs. I'll say that again. Yes, 
in France, there's a unit of the French Space Agency that investigates UFOs. Now, they concluded that the best explanation for the unidentified object in the Chilean Navy video was a normal aircraft coming in for a landing in Santiago. The French officials also suggested that the mysterious discharge observed were consistent with the dumping of cabin wastewater. But CEFAA officials rejected these opinions because the UFO's absence on radar, the lack of radio communication, no request from the UFO to dump waste, and the discharge didn't immediately plummet like water would. So the official conclusion was that, quote, the great majority of committee members agreed to call the subject in question a UAP, an Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, due to the number of highly researched reasons that it was unanimously agreed could not explain it. After Kane published her story, bringing the UFO video and Sefa'a's analysis to the attention of the world, media outlets ran the story and UFO researchers went to work looking into the details of the case. It wasn't long before several people reached the same or similar conclusions as French officials had. Airplane. Then on January 17th, Kane published a follow-up story on the Huffington Post acknowledging that the plane option was one that merited further consideration. She points out that it was determined that the FLIR camera's uh, measurement angle may have actually been off by seven degrees. Um, A little detail that, if true, completely changes the entire investigation. With that adjustment, an airplane that was in flight at the time in question was flying in the direction of the camera. So the plane possibility is a good one. So uh, let's talk about this, guys. Um, It's understandable that this case has gotten so much attention for several reasons. One being, of course, that, you know, not everybody is uh, familiar with the fact that some government governments around the world have official UFO investigation agencies. So that in itself is awesome, and I'm glad that's getting attention. Um, Sefa'a is awesome and, and kind of leading the charge in that regard. Um, so you've got a, a, an official government body here investigating an anomalous object in the sky that was recorded by military, uh, a military helicopter, a camera aboard a military helicopter. So these details and uh, a scientific investigation done into a UFO video um, is pretty exciting. And so I think that led a lot of people to get super hyped up and excited about this right from the get-go. Yeah, and I think, unfortunately, you know, we have... This case, people need to recognize, A, that um, this is incredible that a government agency is spending the time and resources to investigate this. Never once was it said this UAP is extraterrestrial in nature. And, of mm-hmm. course, that, that mm-hmm. gets spread with the news sources. And you have a lot of people, um, you know, giving them flack and saying, hey, you know, they br- everyone's been bringing up the bug video from um, the uh, Safa'a investigated years ago, which, mm-hmm. um, turned out to be insects in front of a camera instead of an airplane. And apparently a lot of people were mad because they didn't come out and say, Hey, we were wrong. But you know what? Um, the fact is they're putting these time and resources into investigating this case. Uh, it, in my opinion, it does look like the, um, the airliner is, the four-cylinder airliner, four-engine airliner, cylinder, oh my gosh, cars, um, <laughs> is a most, you know, it's a very, very, very plausible explanation. You know, it, it was, I believe they said something like seven degree difference, 
that would have put that insight in the camera. Um, and so until, you know, we don't have an official, official, this is what it is, but it looks like this is the most logical explanation. However, the way the internet has gone about with this case, you know, we have, we have people who are like this, this is definitely an airplane and, um, Leslie Kane and, and all these other people should be ridiculed and put down because they were promoting this case and, and didn't realize this. Um, you know, there's just been a lot of drama as there usually is. And, and I think it, it sort of takes away from the fact that, um, that this Sefa released these videos. Yes. Maybe there's a plausible, you know, most likely this is a plausible explanation, but they're putting the time in. I mean, this is so far flung from any other government, you know, France and, and Chile are doing amazing things. And we need to realize that that's a huge component in this case. Uh, you know, they're not, sitting by and being, uh, hiding all this stuff. They're actually investigating. And yeah. I think that a lot of people miss that point. I don't know, Ryan, what, what's your thoughts? No, I, I completely agree. Um, I think it's exciting that we have independent researchers who are able to possibly identify what this thing was, um, only days after. And like you said, Maureen, um, the, the, the feedback was very, I think, uh, disrespectful to both Sefa and to Leslie Keen. I mean, they investigated the case. They could not find a conclusion. So why not bring it to the American public where we have, you know, endless amounts of people who are willing to look at this, uh, people like Robert Powell, um, who can make these determinations uh, respectively, again. Um, a lot of people were putting down the organization. Um, all they're saying is they could not decide on what this was. Um, and then you have Leslie Keene who writes the Huffington Post article. Now it's open to an entirely new investigation, which is very important. Um, and, you know, even Robert Powell says, like, I commend the Chilean military for making the video and radar public. Mm-hmm. Um, he had no success in getting such data from the American military. And again, guys, right there, um, like you mentioned earlier, Jason, we have France, we have Chile, who are willing to come forward and say we are investigating UAPs. Um, the American government is no longer willing to come forward and say that they are investigating that uh, officially. Um, so I think that's what's really interesting about this case. It only shows that other nations are willing to continue looking at uh, possible national security threats um, or possible uh, UAPs or even more possible extraterrestrials. Um, So yeah, I think this this case is a good example of what proper investigation uh, can show. Um, It may not be the exciting answer we were looking for, uh, but we are getting further and further to a final answer on what this could be. And I think that's very important. So to everyone involved in investigating, uh, I think it's wonderful. Uh, Keep it up, but let's keep it civil. You know what I mean? I think it also does a good job of highlighting some of the things that we as, as researchers and investigators and casual observers, too, need to keep in mind when information like this comes out, you know, I think there were, were many people who were quick to um, jump up and down and, you know, just uh, view this as being like some sort of holy grail or something like, hey, here, here it is. It's finally here. Um, acknowledgement from a government body saying, hey, here's, a, here's an extraterrestrial spacecraft. But yeah. um, 
you know, highlighting, and these are all important things, don't get me wrong, but as an objective researcher, these are things that need to be looked at objectively and taken for what they are. You know, people were, were pushing that, hey, the, the camera was a, a military camera. Hey, the observers were trained observers. They were, you know, pilots and, and you know, military personnel. Hey, the people who did the investigation, who looked at the data and everything, were government officials. So here we have this this top-notch investigation. Can't get better than this. Um, so everything we we should blindly accept everything that's presented in this case, and uh, you know just kind of glance over any any normal questions we would have in any other situation. It's important yeah. to always keep in mind that yes. These are good pluses in a UFO investigation case, but it all comes back to the fact that the people involved are still people. They're still human, okay? And humans are fallible. So we have one little detail in here, that seven degree difference that completely changes all of the facts that were presented to people investigating, places they would look on radar data, um, mapping, flight paths, things like that, that, you know, you would say, oh, what about an airplane? No, that's where it was facing. It doesn't line up. Okay, then clearly can't be an airplane. You know, it's understandable how they could reach that conclusion. But when the, the one little element in the data turns out to be wrong or, or something different than what was presented, that changes the entire investigation. So, I mean, these things are going to happen. You always have to question data. And, you know, everything is worth a second glance, a third glance, a fourth glance, and, and really dig into it. And that's where, you know, as much as some people want to criticize armchair researchers or, or, you know, those armies of internet researchers who go after some of this stuff, they, they do some really thorough work sometimes. So, you know, that's very valuable in a lot of these cases. But I, I will point out, too, that still not everybody, you know, those armchair researchers on the Internet don't agree. You know, some people are fully convinced that it was a helicopter. So, you know, you have all sorts of different theories being tossed around out there. But we still have a lot of unanswered things with this. And unfortunately, that's how UFO cases usually are. And we're not going to get those answers, most likely. But, I mean... Leslie Kane pointed this out in her in her second article. She says, "Does it does it make any sense that the camera's measurement is uh, its angle was off by seven degrees? Perhaps it had not been set to zero at the beginning, or maybe there's a defect in the system. In fact, during the video, the camera's internal compass was not working or was turned off. It's not mm -hmm. showing the camera's movement in relation to true north as it should, and nowhere." is the helicopter's bearing of 17.4 degrees shown as it should be. So one possibility is that all the camera's functions were not turned on. Was it a new camera that had not been put, uh, put to full use yet? We don't know the answer. Um, and I believe in her first article, she did say that it, they, were, they were testing the camera. So that makes sense that they wouldn't really have everything turned on. You know, it doesn't matter that this is military and it's a military camera. Um, they're not necessarily going to know <laughs> how to operate a brand new camera when they get it. Again, these are people like think about when you get a camera, you fumble around and push the buttons and it doesn't necessarily work right away. Um, so user error could certainly come into play here, but we still have the issue of lack of radar, lack of radio mm -hmm. contact. That's very confusing. Yeah. Um, if this camera adjusting it for that seven degrees why didn't the camera record other planes that went across that path during those 10 minutes that this video recorded? You know, there are still unanswered questions. 
So mm-hmm. yes, we can say that you know this one airplane that they they uh, identified is a very good possibility for this. We can't conclusively say that yet, and there are other other issues there that don't have answers. Right. Um, well, and oh, I'm sorry, Maureen. Oh no, no, um, no you go. I was just going to add, like, and we have to look at this second article by Keane as well. Um, this is responsible responsible journalism. She's following up with her original article. Mm-hmm. And we know that most of the major news outlets that picked up this story will not do that. They're not going to come out with um, what Leslie Keane has come up with since then. Um, the first story was sensational in terms of many outlets saying alien, alien, extraterrestrial. Um, but here we have a responsible journalist following up saying, okay, now we can keep looking for more answers. Um, so I think this is very important. And and necessary. We may even get another follow-up article as well. Who knows? But I think that's what's most important about this one, guys, is the story went viral. Um, and then, you know, where do you go from there? You, But you have the main investigative group, Sefa'a and Leslie Killeen, admitting, we don't know what it is. We're going to keep looking at it. Thank you to everyone who has become involved in the case and uh, let's find answers. So again, I think that's a sign of good journalism and one we all have to aspire to do ourselves. Absolutely. And, and you, (laughs) I had to laugh when I, when I first read her follow-up though, too, because underneath all that tone, you could, you could hear her saying, you know, like, let's do this in a scientific, she says straight out, let's do this in a scientific fashion, Mm -hmm. but you can also hear her saying, Stop being such drama queens to everyone. Exactly. Yeah. And and you know she goes on and and you can just hear her frustration yeah. of the way that people treat these cases and it, it's never going to change and I bitch about this all the time but you can like people are mean. Look, you found a possibility uh, or many other organizations as well. This is great. But you don't have to yeah. be an ass about it. Right. Like, let's work together to find a scientific, fact-based conclusion uh, without all the drama. I wish. That's my wish for the future of ufology, and <laughs> it'll never happen. <laughs> well, and you do have to wonder, like, would the attack be as aggressive had another journalist written this story? Um, that, that is something we have to look at, too, in the UFO field is – who do we put up to such scrutiny um, in terms of who's investigating and reporting on these things? Uh, I don't have an answer for that, but I think it's something worth looking at as well. Something that uh, you know people are frustrated by, too, from Kane's second story is her pointing out that Sefa'a um, is not a research organization, basically saying that they're not going to really do a follow-up. They're not going to, you know, with this new information, they're not going to investigate any further um, because they're not a research organization. It says it's not mandated to provide reports for UFO investigators in other countries, nor does it have the time or interest to do so. So I think that, uh, you know, is upsetting to, to a lot of researchers to hear that. But, um you know, what they do, and she points it out, is they collect data and rely on committee members from many disciplines to provide their views, which usually takes a long time. Much of the work is is uh, done during discussions at lengthy meetings. At the end, they simply move on. And, you know, as a, a researcher, that, that 
you know, you just have to go, ah, when you hear that too, because <laughs> you really want them to move on. Like, here's this body doing this work and like, who else is going to do it? You want them to, to continue and see these things through. And that really would make sense. But at the same time, understanding limited resources and time, you can understand why they can't do that. Um, so people are open to criticizing them and saying, yeah, what's the point? Why do they even exist? But, you know, people say the same thing about about SETI, like waste of money, like why even bother? But, you know, it's always good when you have people out there doing something, you know, something is better than nothing. So let them do it. Uh, be happy when they have that information to provide you with and uh, take it, use it and move on. Cheers. <laughs> fully yeah. agreed yeah no i mean this is a great story and it, it has so many different angles to it um you know from seeing the the reaction um from the mainstream public from the research community um and the response from the government agencies themselves so um just keep keep note of this guys and, and how this all unfolded and the things that that uh, transpired through the investigation because everybody myself included but we have we have short attention spans and you know the next time this comes around we'll act like it's the first time and i don't know we'll have the same criticisms or whatever um <laughs> or we'll accept things at face value but as always i like to encourage people to keep an open mind with things accept possibilities but uh you know explore your own possibilities as well mm -hmm. yay everybody's happy all right let's <laughs> move on to cia ufo files so on January 18th, the Central Intelligence Agency here in the United States published 13 million pages of once classified material, documents related to CIA studies regarding psychic powers and extrasensory perception are contained in this batch, as are files related to UFOs. Although recent headlines and stories about these files suggest that these are newly declassified files, that's not really the case. Um, these files have been publicly available for a long time, but previous access was limited to either a FOIA request or a trip to the National Archives at College Park, Maryland. To make access to the files easier for researchers, the CIA published this archive of files to its website, and this archive is called the CREST Archives. CREST simply stands for the CIA Record Search Tool. So those files are now on the website and, you know, some of the UFO stuff in there, it's so funny and disappointing at the same time, because as is the case with a lot of these archive files, they're, they're photocopies of photos that the photos included are photocopies um, and even documents are photocopies. So they're not that legible, but the, the yeah. photos are photocopies, like crappy, not, not scans, photocopies of, <laughs> of, of photos. And so they're just these crappy black and white masses that you can't see anything anyway. But, you know, things in there are, are stuff related to um, George Adamski, um, Paul Trent, the McMinnville uh, UFO photos. Um, so kind of interesting stuff there. But, you know, as is the case with all of most of these releases, again, there's, there's n nothing new that uh, researchers haven't been pouring over for decades now. And a lot of times these files aren't like, we at the CIA conclude that this is extraterrestrial or, uh, you know, anything like that. They're just like photocopies of like, here's a magazine article that talked about the Trent photos or a book that talks about uh, George Adamski. Um, weird things like that. So not a whole lot to get excited about. I think the public uh, has 
taken more of a shine to the the whole psychic powers stuff <laughs> because yeah. I, I still think uh you know that is not really uh widely public knowledge that the CIA was heavily involved in that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. you know I mean I think shows like Stranger Things brought more attention to it but still I think it's you know a lot on, under the table stuff about with the psychological warfare experiments and stuff that the the CIA did I liked I liked the um, bit where they were talking about uh, they had somebody investigating how Russia um, researches paranormal and yeah. whether their interest was the same as the U.S. and they concluded mm-hmm. that it was everyone's interested in the paranormal um, and also the, like the the Stargate yeah. uh, files were probably more interesting than anything else. But again, again, like you said, it was mostly, uh, crappy photocopies and magazine clippings. And, um, and it's one of those things that, you know, for all three of us, I'm sure that you guys had the same thing happen where all of your friends who know you're into UFOs, of course, tag you on a million posts about the CIA releasing (laughs) these documents. And it's like, "Yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. And there's nothing there. And, um, I, you know, they, they go into, I think maybe, What's more interesting is we're discussing earlier, you know, how Chile and uh, France both have official units that investigate, government units that investigate UAPs. And uh, we go through to the, at least the past of our knowledge of the U.S. government investigating UAPs and their strict guidelines for uh, how officials had to report details about unknown objects yeah. and um most of that stuff we already knew uh, but it is interesting that that you know we have talked about this and and this unit has been long dissolved um sadly and it it you know with our current political state i uh, don't foresee an official uh organization being formed to the public's knowledge at least of uh, investigating the unknown, sadly, but I think there's a good chance, Maureen, because you know what? UFOs are good for ratings, and you know who oh, loves ratings. Uh, <laughs> get out of here! You you know who also loves Twitter, so that's that might be a transparency we've never seen before, guys. Who knows? I, <laughs> we'll see. I hate climate change. We'll I see. love Twitter. <laughs> um, well, well, what's interesting, guys, is the. You know, we we've all heard from John Alexander many times in person, nonetheless, um, all three of us about these programs having mm-hmm. happened, you yeah. know, um, which is really interesting to um, see it, you know, sort of officially acknowledged now through these documents. But like you said, Jason, I clicked on some of these PDFs of the UFO sightings and you cannot read a single word it's like a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy mm-hmm. yeah um which was kind of sad you know i spent on like two a really hours. shitty photocopy machine oh from like the God. 1980s yeah i know cold war god come on guys um yeah i, I couldn't read any of them it was kind of disheartening you know i was looking for just one document of an interesting case yeah, and... i mean i don't know why they bother redacting files because they don't need to you can't read it you anyway can't read them. Yeah. i know it's that the whole Stanton Friedman thing, you know, blacking everything out. They don't even have to do that. No, not Can't at all. Read it. <laughs> but I, so, I do yeah. love the, how these uh, do bring, uh, you know, official UFO files or, or UFO mentions from, 
you know, government bodies to the public's attention. And it ha again, short attention span, but, uh, you know, we see this every, every so many months, um, stories about this new files added, um, to either the, um, you know, FBI's vault or the CIA's website or, um, I mean, every organization has their files and we either read about, you know, the FAA conveniently losing their UFO files, or, you know, these are headlines that, that pop up every, every few months. Um, so these organizations do know there's an interest there. They are releasing files. Are they releasing, releasing everything or just, uh, you know, holding the good stuff back, which many people suspect. But I mean, remember back in January of 2016, the CIA took advantage of the hype surrounding the revival of the X-Files TV series, and it posted articles highlighting their best UFO cases, along with reports on how to investigate a flying saucer. So, you know, they, they've been playing the game for a while. Yeah, it, which brings together the whole idea of Hollywood and UFOs, as mm -hmm. our good friend Robbie Graham always brings up. Like, even the CIA and FBI, they want more clicks on their websites. So yeah. why not find a way to, like, insidiously put that into the Hollywood uh, zeitgeist, as it were? Um, yeah, I but mean, yeah, they, it, they know the conspiracy theories. They know all that stuff's out there. Yeah. So, they, I mean, they, they certainly you know, placate some and put that stuff out there in a playful way without actually releasing anything. But, uh, you know, it gets them the headlines. So, I do have a question for you guys, though, in terms of this. Why do you think they dumped it all at once? You know, we saw currently with the MOD, like it was like a slow burn to get anything. Well, um, this, I think, do, was, do you think I think it was related oh. to a specific archive okay that existed and a lawsuit, so they, they right? took yeah and a lawsuit a lawsuit was related to it but it was that mm -hmm. that specific archive so they took that entire archive and dumped it i see yeah see I, yeah i did not know that i thought maybe like this was a way to saturate it so much that if there were anything of <laughs> importance you know yeah. it might get lost in the shuffle well and i'm no, sure it because... still will because they have some mm -hmm. stuff that's that's grouped into different categories but then they just have like a general pool of like other cia files <laughs> So I'll be spending some time going through that to, to see anything of interest in there. But yeah, I mean, they, they, they do that all the time. They have these big dumps and really, unless you have uh, so much extra time in your life, nobody's going to see it. They completely underestimate though. There are people out there yes. that will sit through oh, and yeah. read yes. every single of these 3 million files in maybe one or two sittings, um, they're out there, and I am thankful for those people. And so you know what, strange people, we that. love you. Yes, thank you for your devotion. That is fantastic. <laughs> so glad that people like you are out there because, yeah, we, we, we're not doing that. So. Mm, yeah. <laughs> All right. Mm. Well, I, I think we covered it, guys. Um, any other stories you want to talk about? UFOs at uh, inauguration uh, ceremony or anything? Nothing like no, that's come up reported but, yet. Yeah, I, I do have a quick question for you guys, though. Yes. Say um, you took a bus route normally every day, and mm -hmm. someone on the bus you would see read books every day, but you'd only see them reading books on serial killers and UFOs. Uh, what would your impression be? Ooh. <laughs> hmm. That's a tough one, because I have a plethora of both. Um, well... I could be that person. I, I am talking that about person. Ryan. That's right. <laughs> no, I am that person. You're I'm that just person. Wondering because I'm starting to feel like maybe there's certain people, regulars on my bus that are starting to become concerned. 
just change the dust covers if you can <laughs> unless they're paperbacks <laughs> yeah yeah oh, my advice okay. would be uh, to uh, you and everyone is uh, the simple solution is read more ufo books mm-hmm yeah oh well then it's not so awkward yeah. <laughs> all right guys yeah well i want to uh remind people that ryan is going to be speaking at the international ufo congress in february i will also be there um so rogue planet will be in force and i'll be throwing paper airplanes and stuff at ryan so if you'd like <laughs> to do that you should come and join me that will be fun um this show can always be found on our website, rogueplanet.tv. We have other content on there as well. You can find it on iTunes. So we would really appreciate a, uh, a nice, nice review of the show um, if you have the time. Um, and I won't ask the people who are pouring through the CIA files because their time is already taken up. So, so they don't have any time to give us a review, but if you'd like to give us a review, we would certainly appreciate that. Thank you all for hanging out with us today to talk some UFOs. Um, let's do it again soon, all right? Well, um, I guess that makes me um, wrapping up the show, right, guys? Okay, well, I'm Jason McClellan. I'm Ryan Sprague. And I'm Maureen Ellsbury. And in these dark days ahead, may the Force be with us all. Bye.